1: happy friday everybody it's finally here in what has been a very very long week around the stations here at auburn network hope you're all doing well i'm glad it's friday i'm sure you are as well Uh, it's a beautiful day here in the auburn opelika area and a wonderful day uh, to be talking auburn football auburn athletics we got some high school stuff to talk about as well should be a lot of fun this is on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back i'm jacob goins with for the next two hours right here on the auburn open like a sports leader espn 1067 uh lots to go over today we have of course the news that broke yesterday here on the show Uh, we had the reports coming into the show about Hugh Freeze for Auburn football was expected to announce Peyton Thorne as the starter, and then we were able to uh, carry the press conference live yesterday when he did, in fact, name Peyton Thorne the starter. So we're going to talk about that today. In case you missed that press conference, I'm going to play it for you again today, because not only did he announce Peyton Thorne in that time frame, he had some really interesting comments, did Hugh Freeze, about uh, the quarterback rule some of the other position groups and the team as a whole and that's the thing and those are the things that I really want to harp on today and discuss today on the show Um, and we're going to talk about Peyton Thorne some more in the quarterbacks don't get me wrong but there's just some really interesting things that Hugh Freeze had to say yesterday In that 20 minutes or so. And again, I'm going to play that for you. We're going to start the show with it in a few minutes uh, and we'll respond to that, react to that uh, a little bit here on the show. And of course, uh, on a Friday afternoon, I want to hear from you. The phone lines are going to be open today uh, once we're done playing audio. So uh, if you have thoughts on it, I know you do give me a call. Uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Let's talk about some of the comments that Hugh Freeze made yesterday that I'm going to play for you in just a few minutes. I want to have a conversation with you. Get a pulse on the fan base right now that the starter has been named as we get into the second scrimmage of the fall coming up tomorrow for Auburn football. Talk about some expectations, what we want to see, what we want to hear. Right. We'll talk about that today as well. And it's Friday, so at hour number two at three o'clock, it's on the line Fridays Well. Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, he'll join us in studio from 3 to 4 o'clock. That's all brought to you by Sense Green Heating and Air. So excited to have him back here on a Friday afternoon. So that'll be coming up in hour number two. But again, wonderful day, beautiful outside. Um, As we wrap up this week, Lee Scott Academy last night kicked off their 2023 football season and Christian Griffin and myself were over at Judd Scott Field last night calling the game over on AU100 which is 100.3 FM uh, we were calling the game on opening night for Lee Scott Academy and they debuted their bright red jerseys last night the boys were uh, surprised when they went back into the locker room after pregame game warm-ups debuted the red jerseys they were looking sharp last night uh with the Navy helmets and the red uniform. So uh, Lee Scott played pretty well. Um, scoreboard didn't show the entire game, I think, and uh, they did defeat Chambers Academy 14-6. to uh, That included an opening kickoff return touchdown for Lee Scott. So they started off the year with about an 85-yard kickoff return for a touchdown uh, by Miles Zachary. And so that's what really started everything. Lee Scott would go on to score late in the first half, and they gave up a late touchdown in the fourth quarter but they did hold on for a week one victory Lee Scott one to know on the year and they have now won 13 games in a row dating back to last year so Lee Scott off to a hot start uh, Auburn High gets going next week so excited to see them play Hoover as well and so just wanted to update you on that and so uh, it was a late night for us last night but we enjoyed it had a good time getting Lee Scott underway here in 2023 but as I mentioned want to get the show started today with that press conference from Hugh Freeze. It's about 20 minutes long, and uh, probably not going to play the whole thing for you. We may break it up, may just play some of it. Uh, we'll kind of play it by ear. It just depends on where we get to, uh, and I want to, I want to get to a, a few comments that he made. Again, I know he announces Peyton Thorne, but there's some interesting statements that he said about this team as we are 15 days away. From the start of Auburn football, so here's Hugh Freeze yesterday in his press conference. We'll play it, we'll talk about it, and I want to hear from you as well. All right, my apologies. Uh, we uh, I was playing the press conference and it was going out over the stream, but seemed to be uh, seemed to be struggling trying to get it out over the actual radio wave. So I, I do apologize about that. Uh, trying to play the uh, Hugh Freeze press conference from from yesterday, and so uh, a little bit of technical difficulties, but. The reason I was playing it uh, was because he had some interesting things to say when he announced the starting quarterback yesterday uh, that it is Peyton Thorne. Uh, he started off by by mentioning the fact that only four people knew that he was going to name Peyton Thorne the starter before the report started trickling out uh, about, about him being the starter. And then by the time the press conference rolled around, everybody knew everybody had already known that he was expected to make that announcement so he did mention that and that may be a problem that he has to deal with on the back end if only four people knew about it and the media ended up finding out and you can put the pieces together there on what happened that somebody said something and and told somebody that maybe they weren't supposed to I don't know, but I thought that was uh, an interesting situation. Let's go ahead and get to the phone lines, though. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Yeah, this
2: is Andrew in Auburn.
1: Hey, Andrew. How are you, man? Good. Hey, uh,
2: man, what a beautiful day. I'm out here working on a car. Okay. Got the, um,
1: got the little radio
2: plugged in, so there's a little static. It feels like it's 1990. Um, where the boys were a little manlier, the girls weren't so confused, and Donald <laughs> didn't screw up your order every time.
1: That's right. So, that's uh, right.
2: Good times. Um, yeah, I was calling in to let you know we couldn't hear you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found yeah, I found that out. I, it was going out over the stream, but... Uh, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, I couldn't get so, it on the radio, so my apologies. But, but I wanted to talk about this. Um, yeah. You there? Yep, we're
2: I'm here. Some, making some fun noises. All right, so... Parson, um, who was the quarterback that he pulled in from LSU? Uh,
1: Finley? Uh, I, yeah, TJ, yep, TJ Finley, yep. Just the fact that this fool,
2: you know, had Bo worried that Finley was going to take his job. I mean, I get competition's good, but to have a, a stud like Bo mm-hmm. that is doing what he's doing in another side of the country is just is sickening. You know, named after Bo Jackson... Um, and a great quarterback son, um, for him to leave was just, we, we, just breaks my heart. So I'm so glad to see things happening. It's so glad to have a coach that's making common sense and getting upset about things he should about, you know, his staff going off and talking to press,
3: um, talking about running
2: backs going out to receivers so that we don't have to start a formation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, letting our, um, uh, quarterback, I'm so glad he started this new quarterback because, um, going to let last year's quarterback uh, my brain's all on cars right now Um,
1: no you're good I I get what you're saying I mean I I think with a you're having a new guy start at the quarterback spot right and look nothing against Robbie Ashford but we know that he was um, we we know that he he tried and right he was there he wasn't in a great situation by any means and and his coaching staff didn't help him out but um yeah I'm with you I think a, a fresh name a fresh face at the quarterback spot you're going to have fresh names and faces in front of him as well on the offensive line I think it's a good reset for Auburn football
2: well I was watching that um hard knocks with Aaron Rodgers right have yeah that? yeah 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 is Aaron not just cool is he not just a cool well see one a- here's
1: here's the problem with that I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, or I should say I was a huge oh, Aaron no. Rodgers fan because I'm a Packers fan through and through, and he broke my heart, man. I knew it was coming, but he broke my well, heart you, when he went to ever, the Jets.
2: Have you ever seen him like that and how he just has the funniest what Yesterday he goes up to a huddle with some of the – Later, he's like, I'm happy to be here, but sad to be with you guys. Just those one-liners, you know. <laughs> he sure
1: looks, you he just... looks very relaxed right now. He looks very relaxed. Um, he looks like he's enjoying himself a little bit uh, there in New York. And you want to talk about a fresh face and a, and a restart, that's exactly what's happening with Aaron Rodgers in New York right now.
2: Right. And their and quarterback from you, uh, uh, BYU, uh, Zach, you know, is going to give him a chance to uh, learn and grow, and I'm hoping that's kind of what happens with Robbie. And, uh, I mean, just the potential, it's it's time to get excited, you know, not too excited about this year, but it's time to really get excited. And I hope we're happy and giving high fives and we're not fighting, you know, as inner fans. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. Just go tailgate, you know, have some fun, win or lose, have some fun. And that hasn't been the case, uh, since, you know, last year's August, where it kind of created a civil war and divide. Um, amongst Auburn which Mm -hmm.
1: I never thought I'd see yeah which was crazy and I think Andrew, I have a good feeling you're going to see that this year. I think Cadillac started that when he came in and was the interim and really brought this fan base back together. We've talked about how he saved this program, right? He really, really did save it and keep Auburn a place that people wanted to be a part of, coaches, players, and fans. And I think you've seen Hugh Freeze continue that here into his tenure. And I think some results on the field are going to continue that as well.
2: One last thing, you know, I don't think Cadillac did a good job last year. I think he did an amazing job. Um, We're, we're in the tunnel um, before that Texas A&M game and uh, seeing the team come in fired up and then seeing him come in and uh, a pastor friend of his Mayo come in. I mean, they were just so fired up. I looked at my wife and kids. I go, I think we're going to win this game. You know, Mm -hmm. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M and Auburn that, tried to lose the Mizzou, you know, and we won that game. So Cadillac, hands down, I hope he is also learning how, uh, from the mentor and takes over the job someday down the road. Cause That's
1: right. He, he did that. He brought our
2: year back together last year. All right, man, well, where are you going? And, uh, we get a nap in today buddy yeah
1: that's right appreciate the call man great to hear from you 334-321-1390 great insight there great conversation with Andrew I got somebody else on the phone lines I'm going to take an early break because I want them to have plenty of time to talk as well and I want to hear from you on a Friday afternoon let's talk some Auburn football here on ESPN 106.7 334-321-1390 we're getting back to the phone lines when we come back
0: are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Let's get back to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390, and John joins us on the phone lines now. Hello, John.
3: Hey, good Friday afternoon to you. I have an Auburn football question for you. Yeah. So with the announcement of Peyton Thorne as the starting quarterback – I'm a baseball fan by trade, okay. and in baseball the big thing is, you know, finding comps to other players in, in this current generation or, or in days gone by. I'm trying to visualize an Auburn offense with Peyton Thorne behind center, and I'm having trouble in my head going back through and finding a quarterback that I find a, an easy comparison to in Auburn history. And I was wondering, you know, because I think, I think somebody like Stidham uh, had more mobility. I think Bo Nix had more mobility. Are we looking at a, at a Patrick Nix type? Or, or I feel like I feel like the ceiling for Thorne is higher than was maybe a Ben Leard. Is there anyone in Auburn history that really jumps out to anybody as what this offense could look like under Thorne? I
1: think it's a great question. And I think there are multiple correct answers here. Um, the The Most recent one that comes to mind is a Jarrett Stidham type of quarterback who, he is a guy that's going to stand in the pocket and he's going to trust his offensive line and he's going to make his reads and try to make the best throw and make the best play, but he can sneakily run. If you remember, Jarrett Stidham had some nice rushing plays and a big few rushing touchdowns as well when he was the quarterback at Auburn, and so...
3: (laughs) And Stidham was the number one dual threat, I think, coming out of high school
1: when he went to Baylor. Yeah, and he was fantastic, and I've said on this show multiple times, and I truly believe it, as much as I love Jarrett Stidham, and as much as I loved watching him play in the orange and blue, I don't think it was the best idea for him to uh, to come to Auburn. I just don't think the time and the coaches that were here was the best situation for him, Uh, but Jarrett Stidham is still a really, really good quarterback, and so... I think that's a good comparison for what you could see uh, with with Peyton Thorne Um, because, again, he's going to be... He's going to be a guy that stands in the pocket and just makes a play. Maybe maybe a Brandon Cox type of player, possibly, if you want to go back to mid-2000s uh, when Auburn sure. was was dominating with Tuberville against Alabama. But no, I think that's what you're going to see. I think Auburn will be a run-first offense because the running back room is too good for them to not be the focal point with Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, Jeremiah Cobb, and so many other names there. But Auburn's going to use Peyton Thorn, and he's going to be the—he's going to be the GM of the offense, if you will. He's going to be the orchestrator in what makes this thing go.
3: Do you see the passing game being a tight end centric, uh, where the where um, Rivaldo is the is the number one target, or is it going to be one of the one of the slots or or somebody on the on the perimeter being the number one?
1: I don't think the tight ends will be number one. I do think Fairweather is going to be uh, used in this offense quite a bit, and I've said this too. One of the very, very, very few things that the Harson era actually did somewhat well was sort of revive the tight end spot for Auburn's offense because Gus Malzahn. He, if you were a tight end on Gus Malzahn's team, you just you were a waste, right? You were you were there for absolutely no reason because you just didn't get used a whole lot. Um, and Usama
3: was the last person who saw. Significant- targets from that at that position.
1: You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right about that and he was so good. I mean, he's gone and played in the NFL and he still and didn't and still on the roster. Yeah, and he st- he did not get used to his potential when he was at Auburn so I think this year I think you're going to see Hugh Freeze use tight ends as blockers and as receivers Um, I think Fairweather is a really really good player he will be utilized when he has to be when he needs to be I don't think he's going to be uh, your your number one guy and to be completely honest with you John I don't know who the number one guy is going to be yet because nobody has truly separated themselves yet in fall practice and I think that's what the first few weeks of the season are going to be
3: I agree. I had a follow-up question to that. Okay. I think think many of us as Auburn fans believe that that Robbie Ashford will have packages. Do you see that as a more third and short, fourth and short? Do you see that as more of goal line? Do you see it as, you know, hey, we're going to give him the third drive and see what he does with that? How do you see that developing in the Auburn offense?
1: I don't think you'll see Robbie come in and start the drive and it I don't think you'll see Hugh Freeze say okay, it's second quarter with eight minutes to go. Robbie, this is your drive. I need you to be my starting quarterback. I don't think you'll see anything like that. Um, I think it's going to be very, very situational when it comes to when Robbie Ashford gets in the football game. Maybe it is a first and 10 and he's in the court, you know, and he's in the shotgun and it's a direct snap to him and it's a quarterback keeper all the way, right? Maybe it is a third and two and you just want to line everybody up and have Robbie try to maybe bounce outside or jump over everybody. Or maybe it's a goal line thing where yeah you give it to Robbie and say hey go get me six right but I also think there's going to be some situations and I think I talked about this yesterday how you will have packages for Robbie Ashford and he is going to run on 95% of those packages but the one time a team is not expecting him to throw it that's when he will and that's when Hugh Freeze is going to call his name and say you want to be a quarterback, make this throw, burn the defense, and possibly go for a touchdown. So that's how I see this thing working out. And if we, if we are left on our toes about when and really questioning when Robbie Ashford's going to be seen and how he's going to be used, that means the defenses are as well, and that's exactly what Hugh Freeze wants.
3: Absolutely. And my last point, and I'll, I'll let it, let you go. I think, I think Ashford would be most advantageous, really not in a third and one, fourth and one, but in a scenario where the safeties would cheat up, and you can you can hit a post route, mm-hmm. or you can hit that because it's going to take so much of the defense committed to the run, especially if you have uh, the Mari or you have any of the number of, of backs that would be in there with them.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely.
3: Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, appreciate the call. Great to hear from you. Three three four. We've had some great calls already today. I'd love to hear from you as well on a Friday afternoon. How do you feel? What are your questions, comments, concerns, anything on your mind here on a Friday afternoon talking Auburn football? I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Yeah, I think to 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 John's couple of points there, um, the tight ends are going to be used. I think there is some skill there, especially with Rivaldo Fairweather that you can't let go to waste. And the tight ends on an offense are so important. And you have to be so good to be a tight end, right? You have to be so good and so versatile because you are you're out there doing the dirty work eighty five percent of the time. But then the other 15%, when they do decide to throw you the football, it's usually in a pretty big spot, right? It's usually third and four, third and five, and they're trying to hit you on a crossing route right at the first down marker. Or it's usually in a third or fourth and goal situation, and they're going to throw you a corner route and say, hey, go up and get it. Or try to get you in the back of the end zone to convert and get the touchdown, like Tight ends have to be ready, and I think Auburn's tight ends will. I think you're going to see them in the offense and be a threat because that's my biggest complaint about Malzahn on offense, or not my biggest, but one of my biggest, I should say, is the tight ends were not used. They were used so little, they weren't even a threat. They were not a threat. And so the defense never had to play defense on a tight end. That can't happen, because then you limit yourself from an 11-man offense to a 10- or 9-man offense, and you just can't do that. So I see the tight ends being a big factor this year. Maybe not the go-to, but I think they'll be a huge part of this Hugh Freeze and Phil Montgomery offense. We're going to talk more Auburn football when we come back. Talk about some of those comments that Hugh Freeze made yesterday, plus What does this mean as we get to tomorrow's fall scrimmage? All that coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: All right, we are halfway through our number one on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. Talking Auburn football with the news yesterday that Hugh Freeze announced that Peyton Thorne will be the starting quarterback in game number one against UMass. Uh, He said that that decision is final. Uh, There is nothing um, that's not going to change basically between now and then in the next 15 days, uh, that decision is not going to change uh, barring just anything crazy, I would assume. And so he will start against UMass and with it being such a smaller opponent uh, is is a good way to put that. I guess it's not a big power five game that you're having to start the year with. It's a safe assumption to say that this is Peyton Thorne's job unless something were to happen for the foreseeable future Um, because you're playing UMass. Then we know you go on the road to Cal and you come home for Sanford before you have to make a trip to Aggieland and take on Texas A&M. So unless something were just to go horrifically wrong with Peyton Thorne on the road at Cal, if he were to have just a horrible performance um, I think this will be his job and I think he'll be starting for pretty much the entire year. And so With all of that, Hugh Freeze announced that yesterday in his press conference. We carried it live here on the show. He had some interesting things to say outside of this announcement about the quarterbacks. And one of the things he talked about was the disappointment coming out of the first scrimmage, which was last Saturday and scrimmage two coming up tomorrow for Auburn. He talked about the disappointment in the lack of effort. He said, we didn't compete. Is what Hugh Free said about his team. And he said late on in the in the scrimmage was when he finally started to see that a little bit. He said he saw the team sort of melt under the heat because it has been hot. You know that. If you're here, if you're anywhere in the south right now, you know that it has been brutally hot. I mean, one of the hottest summers I've felt in a long time uh, down here. And so you're you're dealing with temperatures that are ninety-five and up that are feeling like 110 and up, and that's a lot. But you know what? That's a good thing that they're dealing with that, because guess what? Unless you're new around here, you know that the month of September is not the fall in the state of Alabama. It is summer still. It is still the summer in September. So that game against UMass in 15 days, a 230 kick, it's going to be hot, I can just I'm telling you right now it's going to be hot, and so the situation last Saturday, I think is good for the players to get that, and he talked about that. You're going to get it again tomorrow. I have not looked at the weather for tomorrow, I'll be honest, but it's been beautiful here and it's actually been a little bit cooler outside to be honest with you, and so I think it's good that they're experiencing that uh it's not a good sign that there was a lack of competing from this team, but I expect that to change tomorrow. And that's sort of where I want to get into is what he was saying and what tomorrow could bring for this second scrimmage because I've been saying it all week. After tomorrow, once Monday hits, fall practice, fall camp is not a thing anymore. It's just regular season Practice because it's the week leading up to the first week of practice. And so I think this has been a crazy week for Auburn. They talked about or Hugh Freeze talked about how early on this week they had their best practice so far. And then not such a good practice. But now, when you look at the scrimmage tomorrow, there are some things that are set in place that can help the team practice better because again that's what this is we talked about it in the spring and we're talking about it here in the fall it's a practice it's not a real game it has no meaning this is a practice it's a chance for the coaches to get the players on the field put them in certain situations and figure out who needs to be where Who needs to be running with the ones? Who needs to be running with the twos? Who needs to be out there together? And who doesn't need to be out there together? That's what this is about tomorrow. And it's a practice, but certain things are in place to make it go successfully. The main one being the starting quarterback. Peyton Thorne will be with the ones. He'll be with his starting offensive line. He will try to narrow down his starting group of receivers because i don't think we have that yet i don't i don't think we have a true starting set of receivers yet for auburn and you know what it could be changing over the next few weeks it could be changing through the first few games for auburn and that's okay because it's not a lack of talent a lack of skill in the room for the wide receivers you've heard what i've said It's a lack of somebody stepping up, taking the reins, becoming wide receiver one, becoming that go-to target that John was asking about in the last segment, right? We're still waiting on that. Maybe we see it tomorrow. Maybe we don't. Maybe we see it against UMass. Maybe we see somebody go off against Cal, right? Maybe we see a couple of guys go off tomorrow or against UMass or against Cal, right? We're waiting on that. But now that your starting quarterback is named, the potential for that is much, much higher. It is. It's much higher. Because now Peyton Thorne's running with the ones, and he's always running with the ones. So his offensive line knows who their quarterback is. The running backs know who their quarterback is. Tight ends, receivers, all of that. They can now start to focus on their game planning, on their timing, on their relationship with Peyton Thorne as their starting quarterback. And all of that matters. All of it matters. The timing and communication between quarterback and running back just to hand the football off. And which side to hand it off to. And the timing of wide receivers in their routes, in the directions of their routes. right? All of that matters. Which way the offensive line is supposed to be blocking and protecting. And that changes and varies depending on the quarterback that's playing. So that's a huge step for this Auburn offense before the scrimmage tomorrow for Peyton Thorne to be named the starter, for anybody to be named the starter. I talked about the timing a little bit. Right, The timing was a little odd for Peyton Thorne to be named. The decision was not surprising. The the result was inevitable. It was always going to be Peyton Thorne. But the timing was just a little weird, but it is what it is. It is what it is, and you've got a starter for your final scrimmage. And now you can start focusing on the offense, focusing on the playbook, and trying to narrow down your final starters. But again, Freeze had some things yesterday that he said they're just looking for. And I think that's what's important about tomorrow i'd love to hear from you uh and what you have to say and what you're thinking right now the fact that peyton Thorne has been named the starter what do you want to see and hear about tomorrow from this scrimmage what position group are you still worried about right what position group are you excited about concerned about is there a specific name you want to hear good things about coming from the scrimmage tomorrow give me a call three three four 3-2-1, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to again tomorrow. I want to see the linebackers and hear the linebackers take another big step. Because we've heard some good things, and I've talked a lot about this position. I have. I've talked a lot about it. But you know where I stand on linebackers. It's the most important position on the defense. I'm looking for the linebackers to have that leadership. Something Hugh Freeze has talked about a lot with Peyton Thorne. I'm looking for that from the linebackers. What about Austin Keys? right? Could he be the guy to be your go-to linebacker, your communicator on the defense? Because that's what the linebacker does. That's what that position is built to do. You're the communicator. You're the anchor. You are the leader. That's why a lot of times defensive captains come from that position group. But we've heard so many good things out of this room and the talent that's there. Consistency's been a little bit of an issue, right? We've heard Freeze talk about that. We've heard Coach say that. Consistency's been a little bit of an issue. But we've heard great things about Austin Keys. We've heard great things about Larry Nixon III and Eugene Asante and Wesley Steiner. We've heard great things about this group. I'm ready for it to come together. And I'm ready for these guys to make some plays. Because if you remember from the first scrimmage, that was a big concern for Hugh Freeze was the defense and the lack of plays. The defense as a whole, the lack of pressure from the defensive line, the running game against this defense, those were all concerns coming out of that first scrimmage a week ago. Has that gotten better? Has that improved? Because the running backs had a great day last weekend. Damari Austin busted off a huge run. Charquez Hunter had a solid day. And while that's good news for the offense, it's also bad news for the defense. And I'm not worried about the defense this season. But I've got to get some reassurance. I'm not going to lie to you. I need some reassurance, me personally. I need some reassurance from this defense on Saturday. I want to hear good things tomorrow that the defense won the scrimmage. Because ultimately, I think it will be – it should be, rather. I think it should be the better side of the football for Auburn. Until we truly know what the offense looks like, until we truly know what Auburn has in the receivers room, and I know we keep going back to that, right? We keep going back to, well, if the receivers are good, if somebody steps up, right, if somebody can be that All-SEC receiver – but we got to wait and see. We know the running backs are great. Running backs are fantastic. Best room in the conference, in my opinion. The quarterback, I think you're going to be good. Are you going to be Heisman winning? Probably not. But you're going to be good enough. Offensive line, we've heard good things. Still waiting on that. There are more question marks on the offense than there are in the defense, I think is what I'm trying to get to here. So, what do I look for tomorrow? I look for the defense to have a good day maybe some receivers make some grabs how about we not drop footballs this week that'd be nice that'd be good we heard about that last week maybe that's why the reports on Peyton Thorne weren't as great coming out of the scrimmage last week I'd like to see receivers catch some balls make some plays and then the guys up front defensively get some pressure Let's force a turnover or two. Let's have some tackles for loss. Let's stop that running game that is so strong for Auburn. Because as we get through this season, I think the defense is going to be really, really good. I think they're going to be really good. Put some pressure on that offense. Put some pressure on Peyton Thorne now that he's the starter. Make him work a little bit, right? Make him earn it. Make him play an SEC-level defense because he's never had to do that before. He played in the Big Ten. They don't know what they're doing up there. They don't know anything about SEC-level defense. Maybe Auburn can show him one, a little friendly scrimmage on Saturday and make him get pressured a little bit. Maybe he makes a few plays. Maybe he makes a few plays with his legs. And I think at the end of the day, if you ask Hugh Freeze what he wants to see tomorrow, he wants to see some fight out of this team. Show some aggression in a good way. Show some competitiveness. Show that you want to be there. Show that you're going to be ready in 14 days for the start of college football. Because I think by that time, the fans are going to be ready. From what I've heard from you guys on this show, on social media, in the community, you're ready. You, the fan, you're ready. So once the team's ready, it's on. And it's going to be a great year. So tomorrow's a really important day a really important day I think this has been a really important week to have some growth from scrimmage one to scrimmage two and I think if you hear positive things coming out tomorrow then I think Auburn's going to be in a good spot and let me say this before we get to break I think I think Hugh Freeze and this staff besides the quarterback situation that obviously was sort of leaked yesterday and wasn't supposed to get out, Auburn's done a... This staff has done a really good job at keeping things close to the chest. They've done a really good job at keeping the news inside the building. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Does it make my job a little bit harder? Yeah. But that's okay. That's fine. Because I don't think we know the whole story about this team. I really don't. I don't think we know the whole story. Our practice windows, our viewing windows are not very big. Freeze and the coaches tell us what they want us to know. And we tell you. Right? But I think for the first time in a long time around this Auburn football program, everything's not just out for the whole world to know. And you know how I know that? Look at how Hugh Freeze reacted yesterday when somebody had tweeted out a video from practice. That's a big no-no, by the way. That's a big no-no. Red flag and a way to really make the people mad over there. He was not happy, and he called the media out. He didn't call them out individually, but he called out the media and said, what are we doing? He said, we can't be tweeting videos from practice. He said, there's too much going on nowadays. There's too much information out there. And he's right. There's too much information and too much access for any extra info to be getting out. And I think he had that reaction because he's trying to keep this thing under wraps. He's trying to keep it as close to the chest as possible because teams are really good coaches are really good they don't need any extra help and i think that's going to benefit auburn down the road that maybe not all the information is being told 334 321 1390. We'll wrap up hour number one. Maybe talk a little baseball when we come back as the Braves uh, and everybody else getting ready for some weekend series as we get closer and closer to the postseason for Major League Baseball. Crazy to think about that. We'll talk some baseball as we wrap up hour number one when we come back.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502
1: let's talk a little baseball for a few minutes as we wrap up hour number one. Been a lot of football talk around here, and there is still baseball happening uh, in major leagues. And so uh, you take a look at what's happening around uh, the league this weekend here on ESPN. You can catch the uh, Red Sox and Yankees coming up tomorrow. That's a mid-afternoon game. I think they begin at 1130 a.m. So if you're looking for something to listen to uh, tomorrow afternoon, maybe we're out on the boat, out in the yard doing whatever, uh, you can listen to the Red Sox and the Yankees here on ESPN. One hundred 106.7, then Phillies and Nationals for Sunday Night Baseball at 5 o'clock on Sunday. So be sure you're tuning in for those uh, here on the Auburn Open Like a Sports Leader. So yes, my Red Sox are on the road in New York taking on the Yankees. Uh, that is just a crazy division when you look at it. The American League East, uh, you still have the Baltimore Orioles who are 74 and 47. It just doesn't seem right that the Orioles are... One of the best teams in all of baseball, Uh, Red Sox sixty three and fifty eight. They're up five games over five hundred. The Yankees are below five hundred. It's one of their worst records they had in a long, long time. I love to see it. Uh, They did end up losing to the uh, to the Braves when our buddy Austin Hannon of Bama Central was there the other night. So uh, he was able to to pull home a win for the Braves and a loss for the Yankees. But speaking of those Atlanta Braves, seventy eight and 42, 12 and a half game lead in the division. That's not really a concern. They're taking on the Giants this weekend of San Francisco. That is in Atlanta. And it seems like the Braves are back on track, right? Seems like they are doing their thing. Uh they they had that four-game split with the Pirates, then they beat the Yankees or they beat the Mets, then they beat the Yankees. Now they've got the Giants, the Mets and the Giants again. So A tough stretch for Atlanta. If they can kind of weather the storm here and stay, you know, kind of go 500, maybe a few games above it just because of how good the offense is, um, I think Atlanta's going to be just fine. The end of the season isn't as bad. You do have the Dodgers in there, you've got the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Phillies, multiple times, the Nationals, the Cubs. Like the end of the year for the Braves is a pretty easy ride. And so they should have a chance kind of keep themselves healthy, maybe even rest a few players down the stretch before October gets here. The Braves got to figure out their starting pitching. If they can do that, watch out. Watch out for Atlanta. They got a good chance to try to win another World Series title. Uncle T-Bone joins me in studio for... On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone, brought to you by Cincy Green Heating and Air. It's coming up for hour number two on ESPN 106.7. Don't go anywhere.
0: production you are on the line live on ESPN 1067 Auburn Opelika's sports leader
1: Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two. This is the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, and we enjoyed it so much last week that... I think we decided to do it again on the line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, all brought to you by Sense Green Heating and Air. Man, it's great to have you back in the studio, and uh, I know you got some things you want to talk about this afternoon, huh? Jacob, uh, just tremendous feedback from last week. It was unbelievable.
4: People have just been blowing me up. Facebook, Twitter, all social media, on my show, at. RadioFreeAuburn.com. They loved it. They loved it. They Great. They said, you better be back on. I said, look, I'll be back on as many times as they'll have me, but definitely uh, three to four every Friday this football season by our good friends over at Sensor Green Heating and Air for air that's cool and clean you better call Sense of Green. So love it, thanks for love having it. me back.
1: Of course. Well, of course, you are Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett with Radio Free Auburn, and this is all brought to you by Sensegreen Green Heating and Air. Uh, you joining me 3-4 to four every Friday throughout football season, and uh, we are getting closer and closer to the start of football season. We're 15 days away. Uh, Auburn having their second scrimmage of the fall tomorrow. Uh, we know all the news that's been happening. I've been talking a lot about it, so now it's your turn to, to talk a little about what's been going on the comments from head coach Hugh freeze and of course the announcement yesterday that peyton thorne is officially the starter he will take the first snaps against umass in 15 days your thoughts on uh how that went down and then the announcement itself
4: well you know we're As we get closer and closer to the season, we're going to start getting more into these more detailed conversations, these more micro conversations. Like the last month, it's all just been this general conversation about recruiting as a whole, how positive it's been off the field. Will that – you know, will that matriculate on the field? And then, you know, all the changes going on in college football season. And I mean, out there from, from the mergers and acquisitions to conferences to conferences possibly dissolving. All of that is just getting kind of wrapped up, crumbled up, thrown over our shoulder, and now it's kind of it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty. And Auburn started that this week with the a little bit later announcement than what people thought of Peyton Thorne becoming the, the starting quarterback at Auburn. But, look, my theory is if you're going to go out and you're going to get a big-time transfer portal quarterback from an established program like Michigan State and they come in and don't take the job – Houston, we have a problem just like last year when Zach Calzada came in from AM and everybody thought he was just going to be, you know, the next Joe Montana, right? I mean, he beat Alabama. He was one of them. Oh, I drank the Kool Aid. It was was terrible. And then he came in with this bum wing, man. No, you know, shoulders blown out. A little quiet about that, though. Well, you know, look, you would have thought that maybe just maybe someone would have done a little bit more homework on that injury, but, you know, you can't blame him for being hurt. He was hurt. And then when that announcement came that T.J. Finley was starting,
1: uh, we kind of knew that there might be a problem with the season last year. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like that was an issue this year. We know that uh, there were three guys in the room in in Uncle T-Bone. I think this was a legit battle. I really, really do. I think that Peyton Thorne, when the announcement was made that he was coming to Auburn, that was the expectation for him to come and start for Auburn. But... You had two guys in the room and Robbie Ashford and Holden Gerner who were going to fight for this thing and we were all expecting and looking for Robbie Ashford to take that next step right to grow a little bit to mature a little bit and try to really push for this job and I really think he did and the reason I say that is from what I've seen in our viewing windows for the media at practice plus what head coach you free said yesterday is the fact that no Robbie's not the starter. But he will have packages in this offense, and he has to be ready when his name and number are called.
4: Well, fan expectations and coaching expectations obviously are going to be two different things, right? We all expect, hey, this guy's coming in. He's going to start. You know, game over. We're probably going to the SEC championship in first year in the Final Four because we've got a big time transfer quarterback. That's not how the reality of the situation is. Obviously, everything I know about my man Danny Hugh Freeze is that he relishes in competition, and what you saw was legitimate quarterback competition and any coaching staff I've been preaching this that can take Malik Willis and nothing around nothing against him the kid had a ton of talent he was just looking for an opportunity at Liberty right Mm -hmm. at Liberty and becomes a first round draft pick yep every quarterback that's in this system now should should raise up
1: yeah and I think we've seen they should develop yeah I think we've seen it already I think we've heard that from what they've told us and and I think Auburn Auburn fans should be happy with the quarterback situation. It's much better than what it's been in the past, T-Bone. Let's just be honest. I mean, it's leaps and bounds better than what it's been in the past four or five years. Well, it may not just be what's
4: better in the past. It may be better than what's across the state right now. You better believe that.
1: They've got all sorts of question marks going on, and they still don't know who their starter is going to be.
4: You know, it's either one of two things right now, in my opinion. Saving sandbagging it. He's a natural sandbagger you know, woe is me, we don't have, you know, know, he's always looking for that extra motivation, Uh and they got the most talent, you know, on earth out of any program, or or there's a legitimate question mark on who's going to step up and take that position. Because you would think if they brought an offensive coordinator from Notre Dame and one of his quarterbacks came with him, that naturally he would
1: be the starter. You would think. From what I've been told, and from the, the videos I've seen, have not been good by any means from any of the quarterbacks. But from what I've told, Tyler Buckner's not even a part of it. He's out. He's out of the race. And that he was basically, at this point, it seems like he was brought in to push the other guys. And the fact that it's either Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow but here we are, 15 days away. They still have not named a starter. How much better do Auburn fans feel knowing they do have a starter locked down for game one? It's got to make them feel good.
4: New staff hasn't even been here one year, has a starting quarterback. We'll find out more starters probably, at least officially or unofficially, after tomorrow's scrimmage. Mm -hmm. They're going to start ironing stuff out. And then they're going to start with game preparation, right? They're going to start getting ready for the season. They don't have to have that worry now of who we're going to play at quarterback. That's our man. That's who we're going with. Everybody get behind them, just like all you fans get behind me, the head coach. We're going to pull in the same direction. They have a plan. Now, look, I'm not saying they don't have one across the state because he's probably got a few things in his back pocket that we're not hearing. But that being said, I feel very comfortable with a new staff coming in and establishing a quarterback at Auburn after what we've been through the last few years. And the and and the guys across the state who have put four now in the NFL do not. Auburn fans should feel good about their quarterback situation.
1: Well, Uncle T, I think it comes back to uh the t shirt you've got on today, does it not? Comes back to that statement that you have you coined on my show last week and you already got T shirts made. It comes right. back to the statement which is what? In Huey Trust. There you go. Baby. I think so. And and I think he has done enough. In this time, in his short amount of time, we've had this conversation, right? Question. He's done enough to have that and to earn that already from Auburn fans. Look at the recruiting. Look at the turnaround of the mindset from this Auburn fan base. I mean, it's unbelievable how he has revived a fan base that, T, for the first time in a while, they're excited for Auburn football this year that starts in 15 days.
4: I think you got to go back to late in 2017 to feel this kind of excitement and hope excuse me, in 2019, and then in 2017 was really the last time that Auburn's competed on a national level. You know, it seems like that was yesterday, but that was actually a pretty long time ago. Yeah. Okay, that's six, seven seasons ago.
1: That's a long time in the SEC.
4: No question. I mean, how many different coaches have come and gone, not just – head coaches, but coordinators at all teams since then. Mm-hmm. How many different players have transferred somewhere? I mean, conferences have been lost. Literally. It looks like Literally. since then. I mean, so that's a lifetime away. And, uh, if you know, you have to be excited about what's going on over there. And I'm telling you, Uh, I was listening to you on the way in. You were talking about the defense. You're looking for the defense to step up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, last week I had Cam Brown as one of my breakout players. I did not realize how injured he had been during the spring. He's already come back, though, and is making some moves. I got a new player to watch. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. And it's not on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, okay? who is it? Rivaldo Fairweather, my friend.
1: Already had phone calls about him today. You better believe it. He is an unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable player. Uh, one of our callers earlier was asking what his role was going to be and how much impact would he have on the offense. And and look, I gave credit to the previous staff and how they actually used tight ends. Believe it or not, it's one of the few things that they did well. Um, but I believe Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery will continue to use tight ends. And here's what I said to you: I said you got to use the tight ends because if you don't, then they're not a threat and they're a waste of space and you're limiting yourself on offense if you don't use the tight ends in the passing game. And I think Rivaldo Fairweather will absolutely be used in the passing game. The past staffs
4: did a good job of stockpiling players at tight end. And for him to come in, I'm not saying unlike Peyton Thorne, but for him to come in and pretty much day one take the starting position in his build and his athleticism – and what he can do catching the ball, what he can do running routes. He's a physical but fast tight end. There's a guy that played at Ole Miss a few years ago and then went on to the NFL first-round draft pick named Evan Ingram. And I want you to go back, Tiger fans, and take a look at some of his film on YouTube. I've done it when he was at Ole Miss, and that's what you got to look forward to, I think, this season with Rivaldo Fairweather.
1: He's 6'4", 251, and – If you look back at just Hugh Freeze's career when it comes to tight ends and receivers, we know the big names that are playing on Sundays and have played on Sundays. But even the guys that maybe didn't quite make it there – he can get somebody the football. He can draw up plays and find out schemes to get his playmakers the ball. And Rivaldo Fairweather has to be one of those players this fall, in my opinion. I just think he has to be if Auburn wants to be successful on that side.
4: No, I'm with you. We talked about this last week. We talked about you know playmakers on the outside and having more than just one go-to guy like Seth Williams was. Right. Seth Williams was fantastic. You know, and and he had some great moments at Auburn. That's there's no question about that. But it seemed like at times the last couple of years he was here. He was a one man band, and and when you go up against Mississippi State. No offense to them, that's one thing. But when you go up against a team like Georgia, they're going to lock him down if, if you don't have somebody on the opposite side of the field or even in the middle of the field like like Rivaldo Fairweather. He's going to work the middle. He's going to work the outside. He's going to be a, a real threat in this offense. And, and we talked about this. There was an article on AuburnSports.com today that I was reading before I got here. Hugh Freeze searching for receivers still in, in recruiting. They're going to – constantly beat that drum and recruit playmakers at wide receiver just like he did at Ole Miss putting the, several of those players in the NFL. That's going to be one of the goals here. You've got to have dynamic playmakers at both receiver and tight end in today's college football world.
1: I want to get your thoughts before we get to break about the timing of Peyton Thorne being named the starter. I've given a lot of my thoughts on this. Um, it, it seems like You know, middle of the week, or, you know, late in the week, I should say, on a Thursday. It was a day after Auburn did not have practice because of classes getting back in session on Wednesday at the university. We know the reports started coming out. The news started to trickle out across the uh, various sites here in town and across the state that the expectation was that Hugh Freeze was going to name Peyton Thorne. And then in his press conference, he did. But the note that really got me, Uncle T Bone, was the fact that he said, Yeah, I was planning on announcing that today, but only four people knew that information. So what do you make of that and just the timing of how all this worked out with Peyton Thorne being named the starter?
4: Well, let's go first with the overall timing on it. When we were here last Friday, you know, we before you got the call that media wasn't going to be able to go to the to the first scrimmage, mm-hmm. right? And Friday, last Friday, was a weird day. If people don't remember, there light, lightning storms. It was nasty. It, it was here, the yeah. weather was horrible. What they a change had, it is today. Huh? They had, yeah, it's beautiful today here on the plains, and they had to make some changes. Let's just say it got a little weird. Okay. And so that, I don't know if that had any effect on what happened at the scrimmage, but we all anticipated as fans, right, that after the scrimmage on Sunday afternoon, there would be a name starter. But their timeline and our timeline aren't always going to, you know, fall in line together. They don't ask
1: us what our opinion is.
4: That's exactly right, you know. (laughs) And so – so that who knows about the overall timing of it? I think that they did want to, it's obvious, establish a starter going in the second scrimmage, which means there's probably going to start establishing who else is going to be starters, right? Yep. And let's get going after that with the season. But the, the short-term timing on it, I knew when I woke up Thursday morning there were people on message boards saying, well, it's Peyton Thorne, it's Peyton Thorne, it's Peyton Thorne. And just that night before, allegedly only four people knew about it, you know, we got – they've done a good job, like you've said, of keeping things under wraps, keeping a mystery out there. You know, no leaks like there have been in the past that have kind of been with other staffs. or no crazy stories or rumors. That's a great thing during the offseason. But I would have to wonder, you know, how did that actually get out? Um, I don't have any inside information on that, but I wonder if one of the, the folks who didn't possibly uh, – become the starter at quarterback, told somebody – uh it may be disappointed and then it just started spreading from there
1: well it's interesting how it all went down but regardless Hugh Freeze did announce Peyton Thorne as the starting quarterback yesterday we want to hear from you on the phone lines here on a Friday afternoon 334-321-1390 what are your thoughts how are you feeling what do you want to see and hear tomorrow in the scrimmage the second one of the fall as we're just about two weeks away from the start of Auburn football 334-321-1390 on the line fridays with uncle t-bone wade bennett of radio free auburn brought to you by sense green heating and air it continues when we come back here on espn 1067
0: you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app
1: Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line. Welcome in, man. Happy Friday.
5: Happy Friday, Jacob. How you doing, man?
1: Doing all right, Terry. What you got?
5: Good. Yeah, T-Bone, how you doing?
4: I'm doing good, Terry. How about yourself, my friend?
5: Doing well. Um, First of all, I want to ask you guys a an argument between me and a former coworker. Do y'all remember when Tommy Reese, or the quarterback that came to Alabama from Notre Dame, when they, did they come at the same time, or one who followed one?
4: No, because no. They, yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure that Reese was hired first, and that's he probably. had been in Tuscaloosa a, a couple of months at least before uh, Buckner Tyler Buckner came in.
5: Okay, that that that's uh, that, okay, okay, that's good. Then um, I heard the caller in the first hour. Jacob, talk about who does you know uh, Payton Thorne reminds you of? Yeah, I don't want him to remind me of nobody. You want, want him, him to, to be, his his own own right. be his own man. That's right. His own man. That's right. And. Um,
1: you know, he's, he's going to have
5: something that I don't, I don't like to Jared Sinem because Jared Sinem had Gus on who ain't never coached a quarterback in his life.
1: You're right about that.
5: So, um, we'll see what he can do. And I think he has big things. Look, he'll play about have a better offensive line than they've had in a long time. That I love the running back depth. And from what I hear, the receivers are, are coming along just fine.
1: The receivers now, are extremely you. talented. They are very, very talented just waiting on them to to really take that next step. And I don't think it's going to be – just one terry i think it's going to see three or four of them all take that next step and auburn have numerous threats in the passing game
5: well is it just me or does this am i hearing that the auburn's receivers so big and that just creates mismatches down close and that's where i think robbie ashford's packages are going to come in from the seven yard line out when they go first and goal well it gives the defense something else to do to prepare for
4: yeah i mean he he's going to get several looks at critical moments in the game and, and other moments in the game when I think it all over the field, if you you know, if it's second one and you want to bring somebody in just for a game changer, why not run some type of uh, offense where he can make something happen with his legs or his arm? You know, they're going to constantly be trying to keep defensive coordinators guessing. So, um, yeah, he's going to play a lot. And But I'm going to tell you, man, Peyton Thorne – this will be his third year starting now in big-time college football, right? In 2021, 2022, uh, he had an exceptional year in 21 when he had Kenneth Walker with him. So um, that guy's in the NFL now running the ball. We've got running backs, you know, Quez Hunter. That's, I'm calling it right now, Terry, reminds me of James Bostick from the early 90s. And, mm. uh, you know, if, if, if we can move the ball on the ground, Peyton Thorne's going to get the ball to the playmakers.
5: Well, I, I tell you, the, the second game of the year, uh, you know, it's always been a concern of going out to California because of the travel and the time change and all that kind of garbage. But uh, the University of California hopes is under suspended or some of disciplinary actually taken against the first game because if he'll run all over them.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think there's any concern. I mean, Terry, in, in my opinion, if, if if he's practicing, he's going to play. And, and because if if, if they weren't going to let him play, they wouldn't let him practice. And that's that's how I feel about it.
5: I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't disagree with that, but. You know, I think he's already served a punishment, quite honestly. So, anyway. Well, who knows? I mean,
4: but I'm with Jacob. I mean, you know, if if there was some kind of uh, suspension, I think, you know, lingering, he he wouldn't be running with the ones. I mean, they're about to start, you know, full-blown game one preparation. I mean, it starts this Saturday, really. So, and speaking of receivers, Jacob, Jay Fair... Jay Fair from Texas, a mm-hmm. like, you know, freshman last year, seems to be someone trending up really quickly. They're going to come in all sizes at Auburn now, big, small, fast, you name it. Uh, Big-bodied receivers like Cam Brown, tall receivers like Nick Mardner, and this Jay Fair kid who's a burner. So they're going to have a lot of options and toys to play with this fall, and it has not been like that for a couple of years as we know, Terry.
5: Well, let me ask you guys this question. I'll hang up and Listen. And I hadn't heard this asked. so who's going to be returning punts and kicks for Auburn? Because it's been a long time since we had a true threat back there. You guys have a great weekend.
1: Yeah, appreciate the call, Terry. Great to hear from you. Happy Friday to you. Uh, I think there's a couple of options here on this. I would love to see Damari Austin returning kicks. I think Jeremiah Cobb could be a guy that you see returning kicks as well, whether it be kickoffs or punt returns. Um, I think you could see either one of those guys where – you know, we would all love to see Jarquez Hunter, but let's just be honest, I'm not putting, if, if it's me, I'm not putting my starting running back on kick returns because too many bad things happen on those types of plays. That's why you see a lot of people, a big group, pushing to take out punts and kicks, right, in, in football in general. But I would like to see those two guys. And, and I think you could see maybe even um, you, you've seen guys like Keontae Scott who have done that as well. So I think there's a couple of options there, t Yeah, you know, what about Brian Batay?
4: I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with that. Absolutely. You know, that that is a good question, though. I'm sure there's a couple defensive backs back there that, you know, in the past have done a little kick returning and punt returning for us. But, I mean, again, you know, not to say that there's just some overwhelming amount of talent at Auburn right now, and I'm sure Coach Freeze and staff would tell us there's a long ways to go, but, again, there's options, you know, I mean, I think they had to put uh, Quez Hunter back there uh, returning kicks in the past couple of years because they just didn't have anybody else, mm-hmm. and that's the last person I'm putting back there to return kicks. I'm yeah. not getting my star running back and potential All SEC back. Uh, out there on the field with the potential to be uh, to be injured. This isn't the NFL. There's enough bodies right now at Auburn to get somebody else some some looks back there in playmakers as well.
1: Yeah, we got a few more minutes before we get to break. Spectre, I got you on hold. We're, we're about a minute and a half from break, so I'm going to get to you on the other side. I want you to have plenty of time uh, to say what you have to say. Uh, that way we don't get you cut off by the music. But um, when you look at this, and this is the conversation we're going to start getting into, T-Bone, is talking about the scrimmage tomorrow, right? Expectations, what we're looking for, positions. And I've been asking our listeners as well, particular players that you want to hear good notes about, uh, whether they've already had good fall practices or maybe somebody you're looking to take that next step. And again, we'd love to hear from our listeners, 334-321-1390, just sort of in your mind, T-Bone, what you're looking for tomorrow in this second scrimmage.
4: Well, you know, you said something about the defense earlier and looking for people to step up and and hoping to hear reports that the defense is, you know physical and and back to maybe like an old school auburn university defense um you know i don't know if that's quite possible like in today's college football world what i'm just looking for is is for the offense actually to to begin to settle in who who they've changed around the receiver so much uh who is actually going to be starting the game at receiver Mm -hmm. right and and you know I've watched a lot of football over the years, but the last few years Coach Freeze has been up at Liberty and I only caught him in that one game last year really when they upset Arkansas, okay? So I really want to get back. I really want to see some video. I want to see what the offense actually looks like. I want to see the formations, right? I want to see, you know, I want to see if if, if, where Fairweather's lining up consistently. Is he going to be in the slot? Is he going to be on the line? You know, I want to see – I want to see the offense. Defense today, look, they've they've got three jobs. Get some three and outs, get some turnovers, hopefully get some scooping scores or pick sixes. You know? Yeah, so no, I'm I, with you. I, I, you know, the defense should be better. There's more bodies. But the defense hasn't been just awful the last couple of years. So no. What I'm concerned about is putting up points.
1: And I think we're going to see some improvements on the defense tomorrow in the scrimmage. We'll talk some more about that when we come back. Plus, we're getting to the phone line. Spectre, hold on. You'll be first up when we come back. Give us a call 334-321-1390.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins, joined as I will be all football season long by Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn. It's all brought to you by this hour. It's brought to you by Sensa Green Heating and Air, our good friends over there. Uh, we, we are very appreciative of them and them uh, bringing this together and making this all possible. And it's been so much fun so far and looking forward to a fantastic football season. But let's get to the phone lines once again 334-321-1390 specter we appreciate your patience man i wanted to give you plenty of time to uh, have a conversation with us man hope you're doing well
6: i'm doing fine how you guys doing?
1: we are doing great man what's on your mind
6: well uh i told you i would agree with whatever coach freeze put on the field and he's picked uh thorn
1: mm-hmm.
6: you know i believe thorn's best year like you say is in 21 correct and um uh, I really believe that's uh, what Freeze had to work with. Is what he did. He decided on what he, what the board did in, in Michigan State, mm-hmm. uh, sixteen and nine record. Uh, but you know, I heard Coach Freeze say something about uh, Robbie being having packages and things like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: I'm thinking to myself that uh, if something happened to Thorne or if he just didn't produce on the field, that he's got those packages ready for, for Robbie.
1: Yeah, and I think if if something, again, God forbid, an injury or whatever, were to happen to Peyton Thorne, or yeah, if he doesn't produce for whatever reason, I don't think it would just be packages for Robbie Ashford. Specter. I think Robbie Ashford would be the next quarterback in line.
6: Right. Now, um, Thorne, assuming he has a good good outing in, in the rest of his games or he's doing good, Robbie is basically going to be coming in on games that we've already got that we won on the field, and, and you know most people call it a mop up uh, situation. Well, so.
1: not not necessarily, Spectre. I think Robbie Ashford. He may not be playing meaningful snaps, throwing the football every time, but I think he's going to get the field and see the field in some really key moments where maybe, maybe it takes a play for Robbie Ashford using his legs to get the offense sort of going a little bit, maybe build a little momentum, pick up a first down. Maybe it's to pick up a third and two, third and three, or maybe it's to get a touchdown for Robbie Ashford. I think he, is, he has matured and grown enough in practice from what we've seen and what we've been told. The fact that... I think he's earned a little time on the field in some meaningful spots this fall. So don't be surprised if you see Robbie get into the game and make some meaningful impact.
6: Yeah, I know. I mean, we're all speak, speaking hypothetical and stuff like that. But I still have reservations about Thorn's 22 interceptions in two years. And uh, I understand Walker helped him out a great deal in 2021.
4: But mm-hmm. so
6: 2022 was a disaster. Um,
4: they he did, think- you know, he didn't have a great great season in, in twenty two. I mean he, he threw for two thousand six hundred and seventy nine yards, he had nineteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions. The previous year they went eleven and two, uh, ranked eighth and ninth in the polls, had a big win in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl over Pitt. Threw for over 3,000 yards, uh, had 27 touchdowns. They were just a better football team in 21. You know, if you're looking for Peyton Thorne to come out here and carry this Auburn team like Cam Newton did, like Nick Marshall did, Specter, I think you're looking for the wrong type quarterback. The difference is in Auburn the last couple of years, this staff has instantly, instantly brought more depth in because of the transfer portal. They, they recruited well last year. And, uh, look, they're going to have a running attack like Thorne had in 21, a better offensive line that we've had in years, and way more playmakers on the outside. So, if he can replicate what he did in 21, you're right. It's going to be fantastic. If he if he kind of sputters like he did in 22, you're going to see more Robbie Ashford.
6: You know, and that win that he had over Michigan uh, – I looked at the stats on that, and Walker actually gained more yards than than throwing through, and I, I was surprised
1: in that. And that if that doesn't surprise me, I mean he he's a he was a superstar at Michigan State, which and we know yeah. how much how important it is and how crucial it is and how beneficial it is if a quarterback has that style of running back and that good of a running back. And, and Spector, I think we can all agree Auburn's got some of those guys right now in the room.
6: Yeah, I uh, I was going to ask y'all something. Yeah, uh, is it possible that Holden could get redshirted, or is that is, is that out the window?
4: You know, that's a great question. A good I question. I really don't know. Um, he you know he did play last year, correct? Did did he redshirt last year? I
6: don't I don't know. That's why I'm asking
4: you. guys. He that. probably did not. Because they were so, you know, by the end of the season, they were so walking wounded. Well, he's he's a redshirt freshman
1: as of right now is what is what okay. Auburn's saying. So, um, I, I, I don't guess so.
6: So, he's already burned his redshirt. It's
1: what it seems like.
6: Yeah, okay. Well, I
1: hope for the best. You know,
6: like I said, I'm 100% behind Thorne now. If I want him to get out there and do do the best. And, and if he can't, uh, I guess Ashford's going to have to step up.
1: Yeah, and I think he's gotten better through the fall, Specter. Yeah, you're right. Well, I ain't got anything else, guys. Appreciate the call, Specter. Great to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. You know, Kenneth Walker, I'm not surprised to hear that
4: stat from Specter having more yards in the the guy was a Heisman candidate, yeah, or, or borderline Heisman candidate. I mean, he's in the NFL. I mean, Michigan State was a very good football team two years ago. You know they lost a lot. Uh, Thorne didn't have the best season. Who knows what was going on up there in the locker room? You know, uh, I, I don't think that Michigan State fan was real happy that he left. You know, I don't think that Auburn fans really gave a flip whether or not Zach Calzada left. Mm-mm. So, especially know,
1: how that situation went down.
4: Ah, oh, no question. So, look, uh, you know, I heard some some trepidation in that call. You know, he he's an unknown, right? To us here at Auburn. Especially in the SEC, which is a totally
1: right. fair statement.
4: And, and, and I heard you say this earlier. I, I agree with you. I think the SEC defenses are, are much tougher than in the Big Ten. Um, Michigan State doesn't play a terrible schedule every year, though. They you know They've got to go up against Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, those are three top ten teams, man you know and Penn State plays a little defense yeah yeah they do and uh, that's one of my sleeper teams this year
1: by the way Jake really see I haven't my statement on Penn State I know they look I know they got a they've got a superstar that they believe in at quarterback I know they return a lot on that offense and the defense both sides of the ball but here's my big thing with Penn State until they until they do it until they prove it until they beat Ohio State and Michigan consistently and are top two teams in that conference I can't buy into them man I just can't do it You know, they can
4: split those games this year,
1: somehow get through the rest of their schedule,
4: and backdoor into that Final Four if things fall right.
1: But the problem is they always lose a game they're not supposed to. That's a good point. They let a Michigan State. Unfortunately, that wasn't Auburn. Right. No, it it wasn't Auburn by any means. And last year wasn't even close. No, they wrecked us last year. Look, they
4: wrecked a hot Utah team last year. So, you know, I'm with you. Look, you got to be in uh, see-it-to-believe-it mode with them. They've never been in the BCS championship game, nor have they been in the Final Four. They're one of those teams that have been close. They're right there, man. They're, they're like a Texas A&M. You would yep. think that they would have already got there. Yep. And But until they do it... You know, you can't just bet
1: on them to do it. And it doesn't help them now that the divisions are going away in the Big Ten and it's going to be just the top teams that get to the championship game for the conference and start getting into playoff now. An expanded playoff helps a team like Penn no, State. No, you better question. believe it.
4: Yeah, they're going to, yeah, and it would really help them this season mm-hmm. because they're going to fall in there around seven or eight, most likely. But I kind of disagree there. I, I almost feel like uh, an expanded Big Ten does help them because what if they don't pull, luckily, seven? some some year Michigan and Ohio State on the schedule because it seems like to me a team
1: like Georgia has done a good job of missing out on Alabama and LSU uh, many years that's fair that's absolutely fair when it comes to the schedule side of things for Penn State that is a beneficiary to them but again do they truly have the talent to be a top two team in the Big Ten when you compare it to Ohio State and Michigan who Michigan seems to be the best te- best team in the conference right now up there and so can they get the talent and the coaching to be a top-two team in the conference? Maybe they can if they don't have to play a tough schedule every year.
4: I know it's a little off-subject, but I was watching last night a little bit later after I got the kids in bed, the 30-on-30 30 30 about the U. Yeah, yeah, classic. And and, and they had played Nebraska in, in one of the national championship games, not the 83 game where Auburn got the shaft, but one of the other games, right? And uh, they had taken care of business in that game, you know, with their swagger Mm -hmm. and and with their attitude. They knew they were going to win. And one of the Nebraska guys came up to one of the Miami players. He he said in the interview and said, we wanted to win, but y'all knew how to win. Yep. Michigan and Ohio State know how to win the conference. They know how to get in the Final Four. They've been there. There's something to say for that. And I look at a team like Ole Miss, right, that's never been to Atlanta – They've, they've never been to the SEC championship. They want to win, but do they know how to? And until you do it, you really don't know how to.
1: And it's so important in, in college football, college athletics, when you think about it, and you could even start talking about professional athletics as well when it comes to having having the heart of a champion but also having the mind of a champion and, knowing, like you said, knowing how to win, knowing how to do what it takes to get there, and also do it consistently. And when you look around college football, there's the top seven or eight teams that do it every single year, and then everybody else because they haven't the everybody else hasn't figured out the new era yet and figured out how to get there but with all of these changing parts and all the different conferences realigning and the playoff expanding and the transfer portal nil all the craziness we've been talking about over the past couple of years it's a great time for a team like auburn to figure those things out and become one of the top dogs in college football
4: well i'm with you and i and, and to continue the conversation before we get back into auburn itself you know, I'm, I'm I'm telling people that this new 12 game playoff. I think a lot of the big dogs in, that have been there, right? They saw these changes coming, like the NIL portal, and a team like Auburn can recover from such a a bad run like they have very quickly mm-hmm. and they're like well we got to figure out a way possibly and I'm not saying it's some type of conspiracy but in their minds they're like well look Alabama Ohio State Clemson right now Georgia they think that they're going to be into that 12 game playoff every year now like whew, take a deep breath we don't have to worry about it the season doesn't matter we got more talent we're going to money with people but what I really think that what you're saying is exactly right I think that that 12-game playoff is almost a Trojan horse for teams like Auburn, like Penn State, to consistently get in the playoffs. And that could backfire on some of those bigger teams. Because, listen, if you got to play Auburn, say you're Georgia, and you play Auburn and you beat them, and then somehow Auburn runs and, and you get to a conference game, And you beat and you beat them again, Mm -hmm. but that's the only game, the only two games they lost all year, and they finished twelfth, and they and they get into the playoff as
1: twelfth, and you got to play them a third time.
0: Mm
1: No, 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 we don't want to play them again. That's right, and you got to think about it this way too: if teams that are not to the level of Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, what have you, if those other teams like Auburn, Penn State, Texas A and M, if you will, a team like that. Does start getting it if those types of teams start getting in the playoff consistently over time, they're going to start building up wins and they're going to start becoming bigger threats and taking down the top dogs to where maybe you start to see it balance out a little bit, Uncle T. So, it's it's The landscape and the future of college football is really, really interesting and it's something that we could sit here and talk about until the end of time for hours and hours and hours. But I want to take an early break, come back and have our last segment and talk about our final expectations for the scrimmage tomorrow for Auburn football. Those final positions and names we're looking to talk about in see some improvement from as Auburn gets closer to the start of the season 15 days away from kickoff between Auburn and UMass we'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line with Uncle T-Bone from Radio Free Auburn again it's all brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air here in hour number two we'll wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line and get into the weekend when we come back
0: you are on the line on ESPN 1067 Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone joining me in the studio, as he will, every Friday here throughout football season and On the Line Fridays an hour number two are brought to you by Sense Green Heating and Air. Uh, go ahead and give them some love. Show them some love, Uncle T-Bone. I know you're here representing Radio Free Auburn, but show the love to Sense Green one more time.
4: Yeah, for air that's cool and clean, call my friends at Sense Green Heating and Air, Opelika 334 366 and I know I got friends listening in Huntsville. They've expanded up there, Jacob. 256 Man, I'm just going to tell you real quick that I felt it Wednesday. The humidity dropped a little bit. Yeah. Kind of thought it, you know, we know that's a false fall. We know it's going to be hotter than the other side of the sun for the next two weeks, three yes. weeks. But when it cools down, when that humidity drops, that's the best time to call Sense Green and get on a maintenance plan two times a year, you get your teeth cleaned twice a year, get your HVAC cleaned out twice a year, Trust Uncle T-Bone on this one, and when you call him, make sure you call Uncle t and tell him Uncle T-Bone sent me.
1: There you go. Well, our friends at since of Green making this hour possible every single Friday, and we appreciate them. Uh, but we got a few more minutes here before uh, we get out of here. Make sure you stay tuned, though, here on ESPN 106.7, The Drive with Bill Cameron, Dan Peck coming up from 4 to 6. Uh, they'll be talking about a lot of this stuff as well. I uh, wanted to uh, read you a tweet real quick that I had. One of our uh, very loyal listeners, Greg, uh, tweeted, we were talking about the kick returners, we had a question about that, and he tweeted and said Batie was a consensus All-American kick returner last year at USF. Uh, he will get, he says, he'll get the first look there, and I'm not sure about the punt returner. But yeah, you brought up, you brought up uh, Batee and, and I think he's he's a great pick for maybe kick returner, punt returner, or both. You know, ha-
4: haven't times changed just rapidly in the last nine months that there are players now that are very talented that are at Auburn that we're almost forgetting about? Yeah. And we're not going to forget about them long because the first three games, I think Auburn's going to explode, right? I think UMass is terrible. I think Cal's the I don't even know if they're taking football very seriously anymore. And I know that's a long trip and everything. Sanford might be the best out of all three. <laughs> and that's saying something. So, yeah. look, there's going to be players all of a sudden that just explode onto the scene you're like, where did he come from? Mm-hmm. So get yourself, get out there, get with that skinny kid that used to be me out there selling programs and study it, Auburn
1: fan. Believe me, I'm going to be. And that's what I've been saying. The The roster just looks so different this year. It is it's a complete change from what it was a year ago and that's nothing against the guys that were here but Auburn had some work to do and Hugh Freeze has done that work already and the roster is just leaps and bounds better from what it has been in the past tomorrow is the second scrimmage of this fall period and we know the first scrimmage didn't go as well as Hugh Freeze wanted it to we know that there was the situations with the quarterbacks we have a starter now interested to see how that looks with who he should be running with all of the ones tomorrow in the scrimmage Uh, we've heard some inconsistency issues we heard a, a lack of competitiveness lack of effort from this Auburn team I don't know about you, Uncle T, but I expect that to change a lot tomorrow in the second scrimmage and to have a lot better reports this time on Monday.
4: It's going to be intense, right? It's going to be about as close to simulating a game as you can get in preseason summer practice. I mean, this is going to be probably the last big one and I'm interested, you know, I'd like you to take the defensive side of the ball on some battles for starting positions, mm-hmm. but the Jay Fair, Javarius Johnson battle for the for that slot receiver, that speedy small receiver, the stretch, stretch the field receiver, that's going to be an interesting the one to watch. I think the offensive line is pretty much settling in as well around Thorne. We all know Hunter's going to start. We all know Fairweather has completely locked that. We've talked about that. But listen, I'm really interested to see who's going to to take what position, take the bull by the horns and say, I'm day one starter at every receiver position.
1: Yeah, defensively. I mean, we've we've talked at length about the secondary when it comes to uh, corners and safeties. Keontae Scott, K and Lee, DJ James. Uh, we know those guys they're are solid. Going, they're so good. I mean, they're just so so talented. Um, I continued to go back to the linebacker room when you talk about guys like Eugene Asante. We've heard great things about. It. I think the defensive line is interesting. Looking for some playmakers up there because that was one thing we heard last week was not a lot of plays were made defensively. Not a lot of pressure on the defensive uh, or on the quarterback i should say no turnovers were forced by the defense so look at guys like marcus harris justin rogers up front make an impact on the defensive side Uh, tomorrow yeah i is Fault going to start? I think he
4: does. I think they moved him to defensive end because the McLeod kid's about to take control of that
1: Jack side. Yeah, you better believe it. There's some talent on that side. No question. Uncle T, as always, enjoyed it. We'll do it again next Friday, huh? Had a great time. Thank you, uh, Jacob. Thank you uh,
4: 106.7 and thank you Sense Green. And uh, give him a call and always tell him Uncle T-Bone
1: sent me. That's right. Hey, plug Radio Free Auburn quickly before oh, we get www. out of here.
4: www.radiofreeauburn.com. That's where I write and that's where I stay other than in this studio come see me there you go
1: go check it out if you're looking for something this weekend we'll talk about the scrimmage on Monday as we get closer and closer to the start of Auburn football until Monday 2 to 4 right here on ESPN 106.7 have a great weekend stay safe I'll talk to you later